Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. A grace-based relationship with Christ doesn't depend upon what I do or don't do. It's based on what God already did do for me and instead of me, and that changes everything. How so? I had a bad week. I did a bad thing. I messed up really bad. And now instead of God's hammer of judgment coming down, God's grace comes down instead. This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Have you thought about what your life would look like without grace? So many times God should have brought His judgment down on us, but instead He gives us His grace, as we'll hear from Pastor J.D. today. When God does this, grace changes everything in our lives. Be a giver of grace to others because of the grace you've experienced. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Lord ministered to me this morning, in fact, first thing when I got up, that Satan does not want us to hear this truth, this life-freeing truth. And he will do whatever he can to distract you or have your mind wander so that you don't hear this because he knows that this is a deciding factor in how you live your Christian life. Because absent this, he will keep you in defeat. I'm speaking from personal experience, please. When God showed me this, it changed everything. Here I am desiring, I I felt like Paul in Romans 7, why do I keep doing the things I hate doing? Who will deliver me from this body, this wretched body of death? I can't take it anymore. If you ever start doubting God's love for you, and you're just sinking in the condemnation that Satan has for you, you need to spend some time reading the entirety of Romans chapter 8. It is one of the most powerful chapters in all of the Bible about nothing being able to separate us from the love that God has for us. If you ever doubt that, you need to spend time in Romans chapter 8. Don't spend too much time in Romans chapter 7. <laughs> Romans chapter 7 is very discouraging because like Paul, you just realize how wretched you really are. But Romans 8 has to come subsequent to Romans chapter 7. Well, here's what the enemy doesn't want you to hear. He doesn't want you to hear this, okay? So please listen. My obedience to God when grace-based now changes everything because I get what I don't deserve and not what I do deserve. Let me factor mercy into this discussion because God's grace is us getting what we don't deserve and God's mercy is us not getting what we do deserve. Now, please stay with me. We do err greatly 
when we try to live our Christian lives under the crushing weight of, if I do this, then God will do this. Tit for tat. Cause and effect. If I was a good little boy this last week, you know, I I read my Bible every day. I prayed. I even tithed a little extra, especially by the end of the year, so because that you know you get the tax benefit. But anyway, so I was a good boy. So now certainly God is going to bless me. Is that how you're living your life? Is that how you live your Christian life? I'm sad to say that that's how I lived, past tense, much to my own regret, much of my Christian life early on. Where if I'm good, then God's going to bless me. If I'm bad, whoo, oh, look out. Oh my goodness. I didn't spend any time in the Word last week. I didn't spend any time in prayer last week. I didn't even tithe last week. God's going to punish me. Bad's going to happen to me. See, this is the mindset, and this is what Satan doesn't want you to hear, okay? The mindset is that if I live my Christian life based on what my works deserve and not on God's grace that's undeserved, you know what my Christian life's going to look like? You want to chart it? Up and down. A yo-yo Christian experience. And how insecure is that? Living your life like that. If everything was based on, you get from God based on what you deserve. Here's how grace changes it. A grace-based relationship with Christ doesn't depend upon what I do or don't do. It's based on what God already did do for me and instead of me, and that changes everything. How so? I had a bad week. I did a bad thing. I messed up really bad. And now instead of God's hammer of judgment coming down, God's grace comes down instead. And that changes me. Wait a minute, Lord. (laughs) I certainly didn't deserve you doing that after what I did. By the way, so you understand, never imagine that God is surprised by what you did. Could you imagine that? How disconcerting would that be? Oh my goodness. You mess up and here's God in heaven going, what? He did what? Again? Are you kidding me? How many times I have told him I've had it up to here with him? No, that's what your earthly parent did. Not your heavenly father. I've told you till I was blue in the face. My mom with her thick Arab accent in that high-pitched tone, she was certainly a soprano, would, you know, say, <laughs> say to me, you know, well, he goes. Man, when she hit that pitch, I knew that, yikes, you know, that's it. I'm going to get it. And then I would actually tune her out at that point. It was like, well, boom, that was it. I just, I knew what was coming. I could write the next (laughs) chapter in that ugly book. I never imagined 
God doing that. Can I very candidly share with you that there have been many times in the over 35 years that I've walked with the Lord where God should have just squished me and ended me. And don't look at me all spiritual because you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) How many times should have God just brought it down, man? That's it. And not only does he not do that, instead, he just blesses you. You're like, Lord, oh my goodness. That just, Lord, I, why, why are you doing this? Oh, it's called grace. That's my grace. Wow, Lord, I kind of like this grace. Seems like the more I mess up, the more your grace is right there. Oh yeah, that's exactly what Romans 5.20 says. See, here's what happens. My willful disobedience against God becomes considerably more difficult because I've been the undeserving recipient of God's grace. And that's kind of a allude to Romans 5.20. Listen to what Romans 5.20 says, Paul writing says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, the, the law shows me me and my sin before a righteous God, right? More law, more sin. More commandments, more commandments I've broken. I've not only broken all ten, I've broken some that I've even manufactured and created and invented beyond the ten. More law, more sin. But watch this. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. That's God's grace. That's the grace of God. Wait a minute. Pastor, be careful here. Because if you're saying, hey, you know, the more we sin, the more grace there is, well, then what's to keep us from sinning without impunity? If that's your heart, then I would question whether or not you're even saved, because when you're saved by grace, and you've tasted from the cup of God's grace, it has the opposite effect. The opposite effect of not wanting to sin against a God that is that gracious and good to me, that doesn't pay me as my sin deserves. I no longer want to hurt the heart of this gracious and loving God who is always so good to me. I don't want to sin against God. There's a fear of God, the proverb says, is to hate evil. You know what that means? It's you hate the things that God hates. And you love the things that God loves. That's the power of God's grace. This is how and this is why grace changes everything. This is how it is that it can bring about that much-needed change in my life. When I know that there's God's grace for me instead of God's judgment upon me, it has the effect of drawing me closer to Him instead of distancing me from Him. That's grace. That's grace. Wouldn't you agree that throughout the pages of Holy Writ, we find replete Example after example of God's grace changing people's lives for the rest of their lives. You know what my favorite one is, is David. You know who I'm talking about. King of Israel, King David. 
the sweet psalmist of Israel. You know who I'm talking about, right? That murderer, the adulterer, the liar, the cunning deceiver. That David. Yeah. The recipient of God's grace. The prophet Nathan goes to him by way of a analogy, says to him, you are that man. And David just crumbles. After holding it in for a year, he writes in the Psalms that it almost killed him. His bones became dry and full of death. He couldn't handle the crushing weight of the guilt and condemnation of his sin. And by the way, the sin of murder and adultery in that day at that time, punishable by death. Certainly the the hammer of God's judgment should have come down on David, but it didn't. What came down instead? God's grace. How did it change David? Oh, for the rest of his life he never sinned that sin again. How about the woman at the well? Unthinkable that a man would even speak directly to a woman, no less a Samaritan. It's almost humorous, the account. Jesus says to her, you've been married like five times, and even the guy you're living with right now is not your husband. And she says to him, I perceive that you are a prophet. (laughs) You think? Is there condemnation for her? No. Grace. Grace. How about the woman that was caught, set up, some believe, in the act of adultery? Go and sin that sin no more. It changed her life forever. Why? Because she was the recipient of God's changing grace. That's the power of grace. And that same grace is available to you and to me. Time doesn't permit me to chronicle all the men and women (laughs) who are on the receiving end of God's grace, but if you'll just allow me quickly, I want to talk about Paul himself. This man knew a thing or two about grace, right? He was murdering Christians. Saul of Tarsus was murdering Christians, thinking that he was helping God out. And then the Lord met him in all of his grace on that road to Damascus, and it changed Paul's life forever, and he never looked back. That's the grace we're talking about here. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. Certainly the hammer of God's judgment should have come down on me and ended me right then, right there, but it didn't. Instead, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me, listen, was not without effect. Oh, really? What was the effect that it had on your life, Paul? Oh, (laughs) instead of sinning more, 
I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace, the grace of God that was with me. That's the power of God's grace to change our lives. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't want to know. I love you, but I don't want to (laughs) know. I don't want you to know what I've done either. God knows, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I've done. It only matters what He's done for me and instead of me. One last one, and it's Peter, and I'll just very briefly tell you what I think you should already know about Peter. I love Peter, right? I mean, this guy. Jesus is telling them, I'm going to go to the cross and, um, you know, I'm going to be crucified. I'll rise again three days later. And here's, here's Peter, right? Over my dead body. And then <laughs> Jesus says to him, get thee behind me, Satan. And there's that whole thing. And this is right after he says, I'm going to give you the, upon the rock of this confession, Peter, I'm going to build my church. I could just imagine Peter going, did you hear that, guys? <laughs> did you hear what it just, you hear what Jesus just said? How about when he walked on water? Peter, above all of them, had the faith to say to the Lord, bid me come. Steps out of the boat. And we're told, very interesting detail, that he took his eyes off of Jesus. That's when he began to sink. One suggested humorously, I might add, that the reason why he took his eyes off of Jesus when he was walking on water is because he turned around and looked at his disciples and goes, check this out, guys. Look at me. I'm walking on... Well, I was... How about when uh, Jesus says to him, uh, Peter, Satan has asked for permission to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed that after your conversion that you will strengthen your, and encourage your brothers. And what does Peter say? Basically the same thing, over my dead, but I will die before I deny you. And Jesus says, Peter, we're Peter. I can imagine him looking at Peter, eye to eye, with a a compassion in his voice, saying, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Some Bible commentators suggest that after he denied him the third time and the rooster crowed, that he made eye contact with Jesus. And we're told he wept bitterly. Probably wanted to die. I can't believe it. I can't believe I did that. I denied him. I told him I wouldn't do that. And I did it three times. Surely, he's done with me. Surely, The hammer of God's judgment is coming down upon me. No. You know what's coming, Peter? Grace. Grace. And it changed Peter for the rest of his life. After the resurrection, he appears to the disciples. They catch so much fish after trying all night, not catching one. Talk about humorous. Jesus appeared. They don't know it's him. He says, hey, put your net on the other side. They're like, come on, are you kidding me? We've been fishing all night. 
No, he said, put your net on the other side. They put the net on the other side, and they catch so many fish that it almost bursts the net. And this is the humor. Peter goes, it's the Lord. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Hello? So he dragged the, the fish back to shore, and Jesus says to Peter, three times, three times, Peter, do you love me more than these? Some wonder if he's talking about the fish, which represented quite a, an income. And by the way, interesting, Peter quit. He went back to his fishing career after he died to the Lord. Think about that. The Lord's through with me. No, he's not. I better see if I can get my old job back. <laughs> I just got fired. I denied the Lord. No, no you didn't. You're going to get restored. Because God's grace restores. And he asked Peter three times, because Peter denied him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And the last time he goes from agape to philia, that brotherly love. And Peter, we're told, we see the emotion. He was hurt because he realized what Jesus was doing. He was being restored. Let me close There's a common denominator with Paul, Peter, and the many, many others with them. They were all recipients of God's magnificent grace, and it changed them. That's lasting change. That's the way you and I can experience victory with that much-needed change that we desire to bring into our lives, especially at the beginning of a new year. Please listen. I'm almost done. We do nothing on our end. We bring nothing to the table to be deemed worthy of God's grace. We simply embrace God's grace, and as such, we will never be the same again. Herein lies the key to living a victorious Christian life. God's grace changes me from the inside out vis-a-vis the power of the Holy Spirit. And at Zechariah 4, 6, and I end. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not my own strength. It's not my willpower. Like that little train, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try harder. Now, three steps. Step number one, realize I can't. Step two, know he can. Step three, let him as only he can. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. 
We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices, too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again, right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me true. 